Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Pelican Built Tough. For all situations, go to pelican.com. Yak Gadget. For all your fine kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Eastport Marina on the beautiful shores of Dale Hollow Lake. For all your lodging, kayaking, and fishing needs, go to eastport.info. Now let's get this show started. What's up, guys? You're listening to the final cast on the Paddle and Finn Podcast Network. I'm Brad. I'm Matt. What's up, Matt? How you doing? Oh, dude, I've it, it's a it's been a day. It's another one of those days. Last show, I'm pretty sure I started with this too. It's another one yeah. of those days, but I've been looking forward to this. It's it's made the poo poo day worth it. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm feeling a little <laughs> under the weather right now. I took a Corona test and it didn't come positive, so that's good. But yeah, it's the monkey pox. <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez. laughs> well, I'm not gonna sit here and like dabble and talk my, our heads off b- before we start the show. So I'm just going to get right into it, man. We're going to have uh, Drew Gregory on the show to talk about the new Crescent Sholey from the very start of the project to the very finish. And we're going to talk about some uh, features too, I'm sure. So Drew, what's up, man? What's up guys. I'm excited to be here and, and kind of like you, Brad, a little bit under the weather. Um, <clears throat> voice is kind of scratchy. I took the test, same as you came back negative, but, I think mine just has to do with a little bit of exhaustion from yeah. I haven't really stopped since I won that tournament on Lewis Smith Lake for Bassmaster straight into over to Georgia for the release of the Sholey with Crescent. We had a, a big party and our families were over there and, and friends. It was a good time. And then, of course, all the questions I've been answering and, and talking about this kayak is definitely seems like it's uh it's been a hit with the public, too. So we always oh, felt it, it was yeah. and would be, but it seems like it's, you know, the first reviews I've seen from just general overall um consumers not affiliated with the brand have been you know really awesome so i'm just excited to to see all that and 
been fun, man. I can't complain. Answering a lot of questions for a good reason, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely imagine the amount of questions you're answering because on one of your last posts, you're trying to mow your yard and you said, hey, everybody, I'll get to the questions. I <laughs> yeah. have to mow my grass. It's <laughs> true, dude. It looks amazing right now. I actually was triple cut that, that yard, man. It's like triple cut and weed eated today. I mean, it, I took a little pride in that project today. Uh, listen to some podcasts. Uh, sometimes that's a good time to listen to some Paddle of Finn, some other yeah. good podcasts that I listen to. But yeah, I got the tea going and I'm going <laughs> to give you guys the the first you know this is the first really podcast on the full rundown on this boat anything you want to ask now that it's public and it's open it's all just free game <laughs> last time we were on the show we couldn't really talk a lot about it but we we handed out a, at a couple things and then said hey you know i'll come back on when it comes when it comes out so pretty cool Heck yeah i've been waiting on it for a while so this this is gonna be a fun show but oh yeah it's it's been a countdown since the columbus show Yep. Just been sitting here waiting. Yeah. Me and Brad will talk about it randomly and be like, dude, I can't wait till we can actually talk about this. You're probably <laughs> like, dude, do you think on April 1st they're just gonna have this big thing that comes out and they're like, April <laughs> Fools, huh? We never that we're gonna suck. do a kayak. Big joke on you guys. <laughs> that would suck. Yeah. Well, I think the first question I have, man, is everybody knows you had a hand in the uh the Kusa HD and designing that, and then also now the Sholey. How do you like they kind of seem similar to me, but a lot mm-hmm. different with, with features? But the way they paddle, they feel similar. So, is that yeah, something you guys were aiming towards? Well, in my mind, you know, uh, so back to kind of even back it up even further, you know, I was the first fishing, you know, person over there at Jackson that's kind of headed that side of the brand. And like we've talked about before, I mean, great folks over there. We had an awesome 10 year run. That's a that's a, a long time with one company and, and to do. Mm-hmm so many successful things we were able to do. That's pretty cool. And the original Kusa, you know, you mentioned the Kusa HD, but the Kusa was mm-hmm. my design originally. And it, that's why it was my signature series model designed all that in terms of the features. When I say design, I'm not saying I'm an engineer. I'm an architect right. that actually like shapes it. I'm designing the, the things that we're talking about here that we really care about the fishing features. And so the deck basically, and the, and the whole, I'm just kind of explaining, Hey, this is what I want it to do. Here's some boats that this is kind of with with Crescent too with anybody. Here's some boats that I like this, you know, length and width and this this whole shape and what this how this boat paddles. You have just to have a somewhere to start, you know, on designing your hole. You need something to base it off of. So to kind of to your question, yeah. So I did the Kusa and then I did the Cuda 12, Cuda 14 with Jackson, and the big tuna. I designed all those. The um, I think the big rig was maybe the last one I had some some real like hand in over there and then of course the cruise you know models from jackson and some other boats are all they're all kind of derivatives because the the high low seat i mean you can go back people can go look at the patent if you want mm-hmm. but i'm on the patent for the the high low seating over there with jackson just because that was my idea you know and the other guys uh tony and i think scott who are on there they're the you know they were the talent that that kind of put it all together how it was going to work how it was going to look and all that so that's why the three of us are on that patent but anyway um you always have to have something to compare any boat to. So what I kind of liked the link for, for me personally, the Kusa going back to that boat is more like the perfect. It's I think it's like 11, three. So mm-hmm. like, that's more, more the perfect link for me, maybe even something like honestly 10 foot 10 and instead of 11, three, like almost take, you know, five, six inches, even more off of it for me personally, but I'm only, you know, first of all, I'm super experienced. So the more experienced you are, 
the, the smaller boat you can feel comfortable in, you know, paddling and standing. That's just a fact, you know, it's like riding a bike. You start with the training wheels and race, you know, and you, you don't feel stable. And then a few weeks later or whatever, months later, next thing you know, you're jumping off curbs, going crazy, flying around. Like this is, this is awesome. <laughs> and you just continually get better and better. Right. So imagine extrapolate that out 10, 15 years. Right. Yeah. So oh, yeah. the more I can do, and I can do a little bit more than most people probably can in a smaller craft. So, to me, I wasn't designing this boat and I didn't design the Coos HD for me, Drew Gregory, who is five foot eight, 170 pounds. You know what I mean? Um, I designed it for the majority of the people because, I mean, it's got a 450 pound weight capacity. So anyway, mm-hmm. what I decided to do was I think I can make a boat that is just as stable, virtually just as stable, not even like negligible or you couldn't notice it probably even. And tracks just as good and has great maneuverability for for moving water but i think i can do it a little bit lighter weight a little bit you know shorter and lighter weight which makes it now like more manageable for Mm -hmm. people as i got older that that as i'm getting older it's becoming more and more important to me which is why i love that crescent ultralight so much 49 pounds i can toss it in the back of my truck so easy in and out of places when i'm running and, and gunning sort of um but I just wanted to do it at a, you know, get it under this. I was really shooting for more like 70 to 75 pounds, but I think we're molding them. Uh, I think the total weight with, with everything is like 77, but mm-hmm. that's, that's still really good compared to the weights of a lot of the other boats that we're comparing it to. I think we're still like way lighter because we're shorter, you know, that's always going to be lighter. We're shorter and uh, probably not as wide as some of the other ones out there we're comparing it to. So again, you take that overall spec and you can, typically get a little bit you know less plastic which is your your shot weight that original weight before you add on the seat so i wanted to make it manageable so people are excited about it to to go out in it to take it out they don't they don't think when they're friday at three o'clock at work and they're thinking about their weekend they're not like oh man i'd love to go kayak fishing but dude that thing is so heavy or so it's a pain you know that's not why we yeah have you yeah Yeah. i mean i didn't know if that's like a reality or not but i feel like it's gotta be for, for a lot of people it's like I'm excited to take, you know, the little boats out there and, and go explore new and wild places. But anyway, that's kind of how we ended up. That's kind of how I ended up at that length. I feel like it sort of fits between, you know, those two models with Jackson in terms of the length, but it offers, uh, you know, you know, really good stability, maneuverability, overall total capacity is, is right there where, I mean, 450 pounds, I mean, good Lord, who, you know, even if you're 300 pounds, I mean, that's, which, you know, quite a few folks are, I mean, it, especially in the hunting, hunting and fishing world, mm-hmm. you still have a lot of room, you know, to, to add gear and whatnot. And that's just, while we're talking about that, I will say this, it's an arbitrary designation that kayak manufacturers put on the kayaks. There's no FDA. There's nobody regulating anything yeah. we're doing, honestly, but <laughs> um, that's just where we feel like the, uh, the performance will start to decline right at that, yeah, yeah. that level, you know? So, <laughs> That's just what we recommend. I mean, is it if you get to 451, does it all of a sudden just sink to the bottom like a rock? No, <laughs> of course not. Um, and if it's too light, I mean, it's it's it definitely rides a little higher and performs differently than if it's sunk down to you know 400 pounds. But yeah. Anyway, yeah, that that was kind of that sweet spot I wanted to hit with that length and width and weight and all that stuff. And then you know after this one, you know now we can sort of decide where to go next. We got, we got room up, we got room down, right? That was part of the decision too. You got to make your first boat's going to hit the middle of that bell curve. Mm -hmm. Well, 
you want to make sure you hit there's a lot of the middle of the bell curve it's not like it's just one exact you know length at 12 foot even of course not there's yeah. a lot of them i'd say most of that middle of the bell curve which is where most kayaks are sold is probably 11 and a half to you know like 12 and a half if you're really <laughs> narrowing it down or 11 foot to 13 foot if you want to get a little wider with it but um uh, maybe maybe even 13 and a half or 14 because the, the hobie pas and some other ones are pretty long yeah. and if you're really considering i guess i was thinking in my head paddling uh fishing kayaks but if you count the, the pedals it extends further so now we have room to go go down if we want to go down without making a boat that's basically a kid's boat you know what i mean mm-hmm. and then we have obviously we have room to go up because a this boat was what 11 10 so we went up to 13 10 or 13 and a half and get it up there and that so who knows but when uh when we figured out and do another one i'm sure you Heck guys yeah. will be one of the first ones to to know <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah that's that's, that's the, the other thing, thing that <clears throat> go ahead i was gonna say that's the only thing i require is once we figure it out just just feed us little pieces yeah there you go <laughs> little teasers I, I think that's what makes it also more exciting we're also looking forward to more stuff from you guys coming out see what yeah, more yeah. you guys can do to a kayak which is pretty cool for sure. And there's a lot to be done. We got this one out quick. Um, it, I'm not going to get it like get into the whole long detailed story, but it came out a lot later than we wanted it to, but mm-hmm. God's timing is perfect, man. Because, you know, I mean, we had a, a, a big gap in our manufacturing, had to move. We don't mold our own kayaks at Crescent because the factory burned down and maybe people have heard that story. Mm-hmm. Maybe they haven't. You, you can go on YouTube and watch the video about four years ago. Now uh, the factory burned down when I wasn't even with Crescent. So they had to start outsourcing their molding and we had to move locations for some of our mold, all of our molds, but some, some are in different locations now, different factories. Um, But that took a long time, like moving, that's basically moving your whole company. Like, Oh man. And then getting it all dialed in with those new rotomolders is not easy at all because rotomolding is not easy and every, every product's a little bit different. So Mm -hmm. James, uh, you know, Durbecker over there at Crescent, he's the owner. He's, he helps design things. He, he does everything. I mean, he'll be nitpicking about some little word, three, three words in a sentence on the website. I mean, with our marketing director, Justin, he does everything. So he's not just an owner that's just fictional up there in the sky. When you guys see James on the walkthrough video, he's the one who I work with every day to design this thing. And he's the one who, yeah, I can tell him all the cool, um, you know, all the cool like ideas and stuff, but if they don't look kind of sexy on a kayak, it, it just doesn't work. You can need both. You do need that visual appeal, but you need the function of the actual features too. So he helped me get all that into place. So that's just kind of who he is. But basically, uh, and he also, you know, obviously uh, he grew up, if you didn't hear the story, you have never heard the story. He grew up uh, basically in a rotomolding family. His dad was a rotomolder. So he knows a lot about rotomolding, sometimes more than the people who were doing the roller molding <laughs> um, <laughs> because he's just grew up with it, you know? So, yeah. and he also knows a really good, um, a lot about hole design. So that's kind of his role in this thing. But anyway, he also has to run the entire business and set up the manufacturing and secure everything. We, we moved into a new facility. He found an amazing deal on a new building. It's like 10 acres of property, brand new uh, building for us. Used to be like a small business incubator government facility. So it's really nice. Tons of room for us to grow. He, in the middle of all this, he's also buying that and dealing with that. So the moving our whole company to different molders, right? Buying a new factory facility 
it it kind of made sense for us to hold this right now because we we got to get that stuff dialed in and get the rest of our molds up and going so there is a company still making money yeah okay so that delayed it all so that's the, the quickest way to explain all that and you can't just go and tell people the public's like where is this boat where is it people are kind of you know, always hitting me up like about it. You guys, everybody, we want they want to know, but you can't explain all that very quickly mm-hmm. and easily. So that's kind of how it went down. Um, and then now we're um, obviously in that new facility and and rock and rolling. But anyway, I don't know where that question started off at, but that was the guy <laughs> I forgot. It's all good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You, uh, it's a good segue though. You mentioned uh, hull design, and uh, I was going to hit on that before everything how's how's how did you guys come to the conclusion of the shape of the hall and like what does your team consist of like how many people oh man it's just james and i do <laughs> oh, really? nice. i didn't know if it's there a, was like multiple no. people helping in the design I mean, process or what james and i designed this thing are just him and i uh the only other people we awesome. do like i just have friends that i'll i'll throw stuff out i mean scott butcher works there mm-hmm. and it's got a long time history and in this sport and this industry. So we'll bounce things off him, but this, you know, this is definitely more, I mean, he uses that crew as a solo and he puts the mm-hmm. torpedo on it. He, you know, he's a little bit, he's a different angler than I am. So, I mean, I kind of had all the experience necessary for this one and this whole, and what mm-hmm. I wanted it to do. And James helped me kind of get there. What we did basically is we wanted to take off that more pronounced keel that goes all the way down mm-hmm. the crescents on, on the other boats. Um, CK one mm-hmm. and the ultralight the light tackle. Uh, if you'll notice, if you get on a river situation, you get somewhere shallow or you get on a rock and it hits right in the middle there, you're kind of like kind of wobble on that one rock. Now it's also kind of, it can be a positive, like in the ultralight, I know that little teeny thing, that little part comes down. Right. And that's helping. Mm-hmm. It's helping you put your paddling. It's helping your tracking. So it's not like it's a, a bad thing. Right. Cause every hole is designed for something different. So this is, mm-hmm. those are more like all around holes. So they work great in the, the river. And I used mine in the river, obviously a lot. I won two tournaments out of that ultralight. Uh, one was on the lake and one was in a river or Creek. But the point is I got to the point where I could take that little teeny, like 10 inches on the bottom, that, that keel that sticks down a little bit lower. And I could find gaps in between rocks that were just that width. And I can just paddle because the, because the rest of the sides, we you know when it comes, boy, I sure hope people watch this on YouTube. This is going to be hard for the, for you guys on the podcast. But but when you uh you imagine the bottom is like this and it goes up a little bit and then you got these wings almost on the side, this the side little parts of it. Okay, those are floating up. That's drafting way higher than any other kayak can draft. Like mm-hmm. because you've got that main part in the middle that's really carrying mm-hmm. it. So yeah, that's a little deeper in the middle, but if you find a little shoot between two rocks, it's just that wide like a foot you can shoot right through it even if though even if you know the rocks on the side are just just a two two inches you know two three inches out of the water mm-hmm. or under the water i should say so there's some positives to that but anyway we wanted to make this hole flatter because mm-hmm. that's a little bit better in the river in my opinion because water is going to slide when you're when you're ferrying and you're eddying uh water will kind of just slide it's not going to hit anything right it's just going to slide so when you get turned perpendicular in the river, not parallel with it, and you've got current pushing it, it's not, it's not really just pushing you as fast. It's kind of sliding. And if you lean a little bit, obviously it's, you're going to allow it to like to slide under, which is what you're supposed to do if you get perpendicular in the river. You always really want to lean downstream. If you notice whitewater kayakers, they're heavily mm-hmm. leaning downstream because they're in very swift 
water, but it's very pronounced is because they don't, they don't want a lot of that, the water friction to be hitting the hole. That's less hole. If they lean, if they're on their sides, it's just less hole. It's actually hitting. It's just kind of sliding underneath uh, where if they were on this side that, you know, all the water is pushing it and you just get pushed downstream quicker. So with a lot more power and force. So we wanted it to be flat um, for that reason. We also, I also think that's nice because not one spot on the hole gets the majority of all the, the hits, right? The brunt of all the hits. Mm-hmm. So that's where, why we came up with that. And then we wanted to keep the, the crescent, the true crescent sort of um, there's different, there's three, you know, on all the other crescents, there's still three like channels. The one yeah. channel is yep. scuppers in the center, which is different than other kayaks. We just have one yep. center. I mean, I'm, there's other kayaks that do the same, but a lot of them have like two channels, but we like the water to drain to the middle and just go down the scuppers and, all, and the other two channels have what we call kiss offs which are little towers in there like scuppers, but they're not completely through and they actually sort of just t- hit each other in, inside mm-hmm. there. So it gives you strength. That's why the, if you, Brad, we haven't really talked about this. I know you, you've got one. So when you stand on it, which I guess if you haven't been on the water yet, I don't know. Cause it was, you know, muddy, but he has. You probably stood on it in your, uh, <laughs> yep. even if you stood on the shop, you see like there's no flex in that hole because we've got those kiss offs up the, on the other channel. So, it still looks like a crescent on the underside when you look at it and we got the transducer scupper in there as well, but it still holds true and looks very much like a crescent, but with a really good hole design for rivers. And I've been shocked to hear people say, because those three channels are, there's enough you know, depth in those, those channels. Like they're not sticking down to like, there's no part of the kite that's sticking down for water to, to hit it yeah. on the side, but, but up a little bit in those channels it's holding that water in and it's tracking really good. I mean, everyone loves the way it tracks. They're, they're surprised at how well it's working on flat mm-hmm. water. And um, we wanted, we wanted it to be obviously kind of, we wanted to work on both situations, but I would say the priority was always going to be moving water with it. So the fact that we are getting this, such a good response for the flat water. And especially now that people are putting motors on these things and that really mm-hmm. kind of really nullifies the, you know, <laughs> Oh, how well does it track? Well, with my XI5, it tra- <laughs> it's yeah. tracks super straight. Yeah, it tracks great. <laughs> so anyway, that's kind of the the deal in the hole, and that's James's baby. The hole, that thing, really. I mean, I just kind of helped him with, you know, here's here's several designs that I like, and some things I liked about them. <clears throat> kind of like we did with the with any boat I've ever designed. We we take other boats and and compare, including the, the you know the Crescent models. So yeah, man, it's it's exciting. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I uh. I had mine out on flat water actually yesterday. Uh, I went out for, I don't know, three hours and uh, paddled around that thing paddles like a dream. It is fast too. Like I can paddle that thing three, four miles an hour, like effortlessly. That's the first thing you text me. I'm like, Hey man, how's, how did the show do? He's word for word. This thing paddles awesome. And it's fast. And he told me three or four, three and a half to four miles an hour. And I was like, dude, there's no way. He's like, yeah, it's just effortless. If I really pushed, I could probably touch four and a half. I was wow. like, well, all right. Well, you're keeping up with my XI3 with all my stuff now. So, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I'm shocked. I and mean, that's probably been one of the biggest surprises for me. I mean, obviously, I've been in the kayak, I paddled it, but I'm not even like concerned about the speed much on kayaks mm-hmm. because when I make them, you know, design them and make them light, light enough to access it anywhere I want to access this, this, you know, public or whatever, mm-hmm. it allows me to get to places that other people have to paddle to. You know what I mean? And I think like tournaments. So, and even, even if I'm not in a tournament, I still want to fish in wild places where other people can't get to, which means 
far away from the ramps, right? The easy places. Yep. So to me, I don't think about speed much. And the other reason why is because I fish so many rivers. I don't really mm-hmm. care about speed that much. I want to float. This is a boat that I'm going to be taking on the river, point A to point B most likely. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll do some paddle up trips. And obviously, it sounds like it's going to be great for that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would just want – I'm more concerned about the maneuverability mm-hmm. in the river. You know, those downstream trips, avoiding logs and rocks and things like that and being able to spin on a dime like a little sports car. And it does that really well too. So that's cool, man. I'm glad to glad to hear that your first impression was it's it's speedy. So I think it's gonna be a better flat water boat oh, and yeah. probably sell a little bit more for that sole purpose than I ever thought we would. Yeah, and I know other people like I've seen people in the group chat. I'm gonna use this on the lake and stuff. I'm using it on the lake as well. I'm gonna use it river and lake. I plan to put on a new port for the river. So that's yeah, gonna be perfect, nice. I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely, but I didn't finish that one question. So we don't, we have a, a quote unquote team. We, we do have like a, some guys that are, it's not an official team, but maybe we'll have an official team at some point, just a few people, but we do. And I do consult uh, various people, especially on, mm-hmm. on some upcoming designs. If I'm not designing something that's like 100% like in my wheelhouse, but I don't know, I guess I feel like now with, with longer boats I've been in and, and, you know, I don't know. We've got the crew and I've been in that one and I think I've got a good handle. I mean, I've been in the sport long enough, but anyway, I'm not, it's not always just going to be, you know, just James and I like this one was, but um, I'm always going to take in others input. But at some point, if you get too much input, you know, it's like the whole thing with too many, you know, chiefs or not enough Indians or whatever it is, you know, the whole thing. Too many many chiefs, not enough Indians. Yeah, for sure. And you kind of have to just realize that, I mean, if if James has done so many kayaks on on his own, I've done so many kayaks designed them. It's like, and you're getting you're getting certainly it helps to get input from others, but if you're getting input from a lot of people and they aren't as like well versed and paddled as many different kayaks and design all these, it's like, how much do you weigh that input? You know what I mean? Like, because mm-hmm. they don't all have the same context, so it's 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 challenging. But we feel like we have a good good plan ahead for, for future stuff. And, but I'm always going to at least hit, hit up a few guys that I know, you know, pretty close with that part of our, part of our team or ghost team or whatever you want to call it, that, <laughs> since we don't really have them on the website or anything, but a bunch of good guys out there, Robert Weicker, Ken Morris, and, you know, some of our dealers, you know, close with a lot of the dealers, uh, we'll, we'll touch base with them. Uh, you know, guys over there, you know, Mark at Loveland and mm-hmm. Dustin Hoy here locally. I mean, a lot of good ones here close to us in Ohio, but um, they're all over the country. A lot of good ones. And I know that our sales guy, Eric, will always be in touch with them. <laughs> just to, just to hear, just to have a voice from the dealers. We always want them to have a voice on, you know, what are you looking for and stuff like that. But right now they're, this is our first in the specialized line. I think it's pretty easy to other, the future where, where we're going to go. And then maybe mm-hmm. at, at some point it's like, all right, now we really, maybe now we really need to, to rely on, you know, input from other people because mm-hmm. right now it's pretty easy to to see a short short slash long term path. I got you. That's cool. Yeah. Um. So let, let, let's talk about some of the features. Uh, out of all the features that this boat entails, what's your most favorite one? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, <laughs> because here's what's cool: all the feedback I've seen so far on this boat, I've probably seen ten features listed that I'll read and just 
people say, man, that catchboard recess is my favorite mm-hmm. or that, uh, you know, those, uh, padlock paddle holders, the ta- taco style, you know, we're calling it the rod holster. They're like, man, that's my favorite. Or the, the cam strap, you know, tank well, instead of bungee, that's my favorite. I've seen like everyone, you know, the front tank well with the storage internally, I've seen, uh, the camp strap front. I've just seen like 10 different things listed that are somebody's favorite, you know, mm-hmm. which is to me, that's like really crazy. And that's cool. Cause uh, man, if that's like your favorite and all those are that kind of equally good, like people's favorites, then the other ones are probably like still awesome to those other people too. Mm-hmm. But it's just cool. So in my opinion, the, the my favorite ones is like going to sound stupid, but, um, my favorite feature is that something that doesn't even come on the boat. It's a little recess for, on the right side for a hook sharpener. Uh, yeah. He's a hook sharpening stone that you'll be able to order those on the Crescent Kayak website soon. They're not quite in yet, but it's teeny little thing. I mean, when you order them, I'm pretty sure it'll be like $5 or something. It's going to be like <laughs> super cheap, but um, that's probably one of my favorite ones. And the line cutters that go on the other side that, that marry it, because I don't know, it just feels like in my mind, if, people see those features and understand the thought process behind those. I don't know. I guess if they see them on that boat, it's kind of like if someone's thought of those two little things, with how mm-hmm. minor those are a little hook sharpener, because we don't sharpen our hooks as much as we need to. Yeah. You know what I mean? We don't. And, and being able to cut a line really quickly with the hook sharpener and save time. But anyway, if people probably see that and they think if they've thought of that, they've thought of everything probably on this boat. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which is kind of what I, what yeah. I, wanted to do is just try to think as, as much stuff as possible that would benefit the angler, but without, and we'll get into this later, but without putting the angler in a box for, you know, where this has to go there or this has to go there. It still has all the gear tracks to put things anywhere, but we have mm-hmm. multiple purposes for everything. So anyway, that's kind of like one of my favorite features, even though it's small and subtle, it's just because <laughs> it, it speaks to how just, detailed i was in designing this entire deck i was like yeah. not gonna every little space it's like kayak so hard to design because i mean a, an inch or half an inch is crazy because it's gonna i mean even that that catch board it's like if it's too we, we tested this a lot if it's too much further away you can't really take a picture of your fish there yeah if it's too if it's closer any bit your feet don't fit there when yep. you're standing and then not that that's a big deal. I'm sure catcher, someone's going to come out with a completely flush piece of foam measuring something or whatever. That's going to go right in there. But yeah. And then, and then you can obviously pull that out. If you, if your foot goes over that and it really bothers you, I don't think you got to have a pretty big foot. If you're, if, you're, if your heels backed up yeah. right to where it, it should be, you know, right to where the towers of the high, low seat start on the front. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If your heels back up there, I think you should be good in a, you know, size like 13 foot, <clears throat> even 12, 13, like a big, a big foot to without before you even get to the that recess right and then it's still okay because your catch board's in there and it's hitting a little bit and then how much how much does your toe have to stick over it before you even really feel it or does it bother you you know so the point is that like the inches are so like it's it's a it's centimeters man like designing mm-hmm. this boat it's centimeters so it's very challenging mm-hmm. uh but i think we nailed it on where the catch board is um but anyway if i had to, to do a two my second favorite feature, and this is hard for me because there's a lot I want to list here, but the cam strap uh, front handle, it's called the cam track system where it's about a seven foot strap and it's got a handle sewn into it actually. But then the whole thing can be, you know, pulled into a big loop, which is going to cut it in mm-hmm. half. So it's like three and a half feet or it can be all pulled all the way through to make it complete seven foot. I mean, 
to me, that's just so cool because you can even remove it. And that's just a, a rod staging groove in the middle. Or you could put a spotlight on there, which we did in that in the promo video. If you watch that, when I got the spotlight, <laughs> that's what I had on there was the Zeus mm-hmm. Mini from from GoPro. That's cool on that front track. And so um, you could put a GoPro, you can put a Roto Grip. It's or just leave it blank, strip it all the way down, so you have nothing bothering you once you get to the water. It's just three empty things. There's just not a lot of kayaks like that. The handles typically, I think Bonafide did a good job with their handles because they're it's kind of freeze up their bow. You know, yeah, it's underneath. Yeah. They did a good job. Yeah. And that was, that was a clever design, but, uh, but this one's kind of cool. Cause that strap is, it's my waiting belt, right? Mm-hmm. It is my toe strap to and from the water. Um, it is my stand assist strap. If I need one, I can remove it and use it in the other spot for the stand assist. Um, it's just multi-purpose. I actually, I, we didn't market this on the walkthrough video, but I actually use it to strap down, like strap the, the kayak to the truck too. We just didn't want to like promote that in case it, someone's kayak went flying off but yeah if you notice <laughs> if you notice brad the yak attack um that strut that front handle system there has two yak attack um what are those tie like, vertical tie downs and they are with they have a stud on the bottom not a t-bolt and that that's to screw into the two inserts on either side of that gear track so oh, there's okay. two inserts so the, all the screws you see in the middle on that gear track are screws into the plastic but the, the two on the either end where those, you know, vertical tie downs go are inserts. So that's why you've got, which is no different than any handle of any kayak. They're screwed into inserts. So you got a lot of strength there. So anyway, that's probably one of my favorite features of, of the boat for sure, just because it's so unique and different. And to cheat a little bit, that ties into those cam straps. There's many little three quarter inch ones on the back and the tank well, mm-hmm. which for a river angler or any angler who may, you know, may not want to lose their gear, you know, you can cinch those things down and they compress um, real tight. But so I'll kind of cheat on that. I almost want to say the tank well internal storage, that, that internal tank well in the front, but we're going to talk about all these features, but <laughs> so let's just move on before I list yeah. every feature as my favorite. I will say, I just want to say, I know uh, you, you already hit on it, but how you said, you know, if the, I knew the hook sharpener is going to be your first thing you said, <laughs> yeah. I was like, he's going to say the hook sharpener. <laughs> and when you went into it and you were like, you know, if people see how much detail I put into this, and I, I would agree, it's, if they see the detail you're putting in the hook sharpener, the line cutter, making the front cam strap have four different things it can do, right. it just builds their confidence for everything else on the boat. So they feel mm-hmm. more comfortable mm-hmm. of buying the boat. Because it's not like we're coming to Dick's Sporting Goods and getting a $150 lifetime or something. I mean, right. it's you pay a little bit for it. So you want to, you know, seeing those little things just puts, at least for someone like me, cause I can be a little cheap. I know my tackle and stuff doesn't say I am, but I can be. And, uh, you know, it just, it just puts them at ease and it just builds confidence. That's the first thing I thought of when he said that I was like, Oh yeah, if he's putting the detail yeah. in a hook sharpener and a line cutter, those cam straps in the back work, the front tank, which like Drew said, we're going to get to all this, but yeah, that all, like it all has a purpose. It was thought out. It yeah. was well done. It was tested and that works and I can trust it. <laughs> so exactly. I, and I will say that, fishing a tournament you know being a tournament angler and obviously having some success on that side when you compare that with what you just said with previous designs and the little things it's kind of like i, mean, I hope it does give people confidence because i care mm-hmm. i take a lot of pride in it this has taken two years you know I, I mean if you knew the backstory and all this and how i've gotten by it's been it's been a miracle man but uh i mean it's just tournaments save save me there you know to be able mm-hmm. to have some some money and an opportunity to win some stuff because a big part of the money I make does definitely comes from the work I do, which are the designs with Crescent, right? So mm-hmm. 
you know, it's really a true, pretty cool, just uh, American story, man, about somebody that just worked super hard. And like everybody <laughs> with, with anybody's jobs out there, you got your highs, you got lows, mountains, valleys, whatever you want to say, time to plant, a time to, to harvest. And for me, it's really cool seeing like all the hard work that I put in, that, that James put in, the whole team, that no one's seen us grinding behind the scenes and all this just finally come together. And the fact that people are noticing what you're saying Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's exciting, man. But that catchboard, man. That I love when it. I first when I first designed oh, it, I think yeah. that might have been my favorite. That's what the one that most people are saying is their favorite. So I will shout mm-hmm. that out because when I was fishing that tournament on uh, the first one I, I fished here on Lewis Smith Lake when I won, uh, whatever that was, a week and a half ago for Bassmaster, that was the coolest thing in the world. I never mm-hmm. had to think about where my catchboard was and where I'm grabbing it, where I'm moving it to, it making noise or whatever or anything sticking up off my kayak, which is, again, a big theme on this kayak. Nothing sticking up. I mean, if you want it sticking up, that's cool, but it's everything's kind of has a place if you want it all mm-hmm. you know, down and, and recessed. But that was just the coolest thing, man, having that catch board there and just laying your fish there and put them back in the water. It was, I loved it. So I agree. Oh, yeah. And it, going back to, like, the little uh, attention to detail, like to tie it in with what I do for work, I'm a uh, homer modeler. Uh, we'll put on like uh, switch plates, like over here. You know the little screws that you yeah. screw in with. We'll yep. line those up like that. And I can't tell you how many times people are like, "Oh, that's cool that you guys pay attention to that little detail." I'm like, "Yeah, well, that people yeah. appreciate that kind of thing." That's cool. People, so you line them they, up vertical. Yeah, they fin- they all finish vertical. That's cool. Yep. Yeah. So it's yeah, kind of I mean, like the same thing, like you did, adding the little tiny yes. details to the boat. Yeah, people see the little things, and no matter what profession you're in, if they see the little things, they appreciate the overall project at the end way more. So mm-hmm. Right, and they just know they can trust that the bigger things have definitely been thought If The small things exactly. have been thought about, dude, yeah. all the big stuff has been thought about 10 times as much because that was pretty easy to put a little recess in for hook sharpening stone yeah. and a line cutters. And it was – if there was – this is just more of a personal note. This is what's cool about this podcast. You guys get the inside scoop. On a personal note – we were, we put a date out and that was par- partially to make us get it done and get it out. Right. And get it finished. But in perfect world, we probably needed another you know week to, to really make a little bit better walkthrough video with more B roll. We had built, built up, you know, um, and Scott, not to be so rushed trying to edit that thing. Scott Butcher <laughs> did a, did a great job with the limited <laughs> time. Cool and, and, yeah. Oh was, yeah. And Justin, uh, with our marketing director as well, we were all kind of crunched, but anyway, um, the one thing that got left out, which we walked through the entire kayak, but it was like 38 minutes long, right? On yeah. that, originally. And then it got cut to 20 for the walkthrough video. And the one thing I was like, I didn't see it until it was already done. And, and I wasn't, you know, going to nitpick at all because Scott's up all night doing that. So, but, um, and I don't know if whose decision it was and it's fine, whatever, but the hook sharpener and the line cutters was not in the walkthrough video. And I was like, dang, I was like, guys, I wanted people to see like that detail was thought of. And if that yeah. was thought of, I know what the reaction was going to be. It's like, you know, so, but either way I'll make my video and I've posted about it. People know that's what they're for now, obviously. Yeah. And, and the website will show it, but um, there's a few things like that that got left out, that, but that's kind of cool in a way because now, um, you know, I can kind of yeah, I can kind of share little yeah. secrets on it on social, and um, you know, kind of just yeah, surprise people. So, but Ken Morris did have a good point that um, 
see, I personally don't mind. I think that once someone's watched that three minute video and they're stoked on the kayak, they're going to watch the video no matter if it's 45 minutes. They want to see every me. single thing yeah. about it. They want more, not less. They do. They don't, they don't care if it says 20 minutes on there or 35 mm-hmm. or 40. They don't care because, as a matter of fact, proof of that is we have way more views on you on the YouTube uh, walk 20 minute walkthrough video than we do on that three minute teaser video. Which, mm-hmm. oh, short, you think they're going to watch that more, right? Well, not already. It's already flopped. It's already more walk, watching the long one. So <laughs> I think they won that detail. But the other thing that Ken said, which was a good point, was it also serves as an instructional for the dealers. So if everything's in there, the dealers might not all, or the employees that work there might not, you know, follow me on social media. They're going to miss my post or whatever about this. This is a line cutter's recess or a hook, or a hook sharpener, or that's what this is for, that, whatever. So that's a good point he had too about it's, it's also, edu- you know, that video is educational for the consumer and the dealer um, and their employees. So, but anyway, it, it'll, I'll cover it. Trust me. We're covering it now, but I'm going to cover it in a video. It'll have it <laughs> yeah. All. Visuals better, but uh, I want to yeah. talk about the rod stagers on the deck. Uh, that's mm-hmm. cool because I've never had a kayak that had that. I would always set the rod butt on my seat and for, lack of better terms i would hit myself in the yeah you know that that bad region <laughs> that hurts mm-hmm. i'd be like ow man i put yeah. my rod stagers in those uh those little cubbies now and i'm like mm-hmm. this is sweet <laughs> you're talking yeah so the, the rod butt stagers that are right below your uh right in between your legs there those yep. are the ones you're talking about the ones right yep. there okay there's those and then what's really cool the is ones. the ones that are yeah just just a little bit higher just where when your seat's in the high position you can put those butts just back a little bit and those higher ones what's so really money about those is it even lines up you know even better in those front uh grooves on the uh on the uh, hatch there mm-hmm. it see actually when the picture was taken right there on the website um you can tell they're probably in the lower position because that's where the other picture's taken yeah with the rod butt grooves on the deck but mm-hmm. Anyway, they line, they're, they're fully all the way in there. They're at the exact angle to get all the way in that rod groove, right? So if you took your hand across the top of that front hatch, you're not going to feel the rod sticking up. They're flush down in there. What else is cool is when you move them back like that, they actually, the, if you have a seven foot three, seven foot one, whatever, any rod that's sort of in that length, which is the most common rod length, your baits literally are just exactly at the end of the kayak. So there's not yeah. any rod tip sticking out, any rod length of rod sticking out to catch things there's tucked in there as much as possible so that's pretty cool i've broken rods doing that (laughs) yeah i was gonna say i literally on on wednesday i was going a little river float i just drug my kayak out brought like three rods with me and i was throwing a ned rig on a bfs and it's a seven foot one casting rod Mm -hmm. i put it down i was like oh i'm gonna go set up over here so i put it down in front and i wasn't paying attention and that little ned rig had about that Mm. much line out and caught it just caught a tree branch no luckily i saw it like i started I was just not paying attention. I looked back in the corner of my eye. I just saw my tip start going. Oh, and I saw my butt start moving. I was like, oh, no. Good. So I just I just stopped it. And me, I lucked out because that's like you can't just go replace that rod. So, yeah. yeah so that's awesome. Yeah. I've, I've broken way too many rods in my day, man. Yeah. They yeah. just That's that's part of being a river angler, I guess. But, um, uh, yeah. but, those, but you're right. Those rod butt stagers are cool because when you're in waves, whether you're a, a lake angler or a river angler, when you're in waves – your rods will, your butts and your reels will move on the deck. They'll slide when it's flat. So to have a place for them to sit, the butts, where they're not going to slide, because what happens when they slide, guess what? What's happening on the tips? 
tips are also sliding and move, moving into each other. Now you're, you're tangled mm-hmm. up, up, you know, on the bow and now you got a problem because you are, you were just in waves, which is not a good, you know, sit time, good situation, something big and Harry's going on big enough waves to move your rods. So now you've got a bigger mess, right? So, you know, oh, I got to get out of this, you know, take your paddle and get somewhere calmer first and then you can deal with your mess. But anyway, the, those rod butt stagers there on the floor are really cool. And that's kind of mm-hmm. like where I put them. If I'm standing and fishing, we'll be there. My paddle will be in the roto grips. Mm-hmm. And then I can quickly like just slide those rods, you know, a little bit forward underneath the paddle to switch. It, uh, on the side of the seat, you also got like a little like uh, mm-hmm. groove right behind the cup holders. Is that also for yeah. the rods or is that a paddle? Holder? Yeah. Secret, secret right there. Didn't wasn't mentioned on the walkthrough <laughs> video revealing the, another <laughs> secrets and hacks. That is for it is for a rod to go if you want a, a rod to go there. It's just a landing that we thought would be cool mm-hmm. to be able to stage, um, you know, a rod forward or backward. Doesn't really matter what direction. Um, it's kind of up to you, but we knew people would take advantage of it. So, heck yeah, yeah. Uh, we we kind of passed the front a little bit. I want to go back up to the yeah. recess spot where you put your fish finder. I'm trying to figure out. Where exactly you're drilling to put your fish finder? What what? How do you set that up? To uh, there that front hatch you just passed. Uh, Did I? Say yeah, yeah. Just pass, you're good. Go up a little bit more. <laughs> By the way, this is a good visual podcast, folks. There's that front hatch. Um, I mean, it's the hatch. It's not really showing the, the cubby though. I guess. Yeah, I was just saying. <laughs> but that's, that's but that's kind of where. Are you talking about where am I? How am I installing the fish finder unit? Or how am I yeah. getting my wiring well, to the they, battery, which is which is going to end up in that compartment right there, your battery? Yeah, uh, yeah, both ways. Are you putting like a gear track there or what? How are you doing that? No, well, what I'm going to do is, you know that uh, there's a security bar right there that's got... It's, it's stainless kind of, steel one? Yeah, the stainless mm-hmm. steel one that's made to be like the stand assist. And you could try scrolling down and see if we can see that fish finder cubby. Um, should be somewhere showing in there. I think we're getting there it is there it is so yeah. there that stainless steel right there those are inserts into the kayak and we wanted that for strength obviously for stand assist if someone wanted to use it but what i think a lot of people are going to do i know i'm going to do this remove that because there's a couple boxes that actually fit group groove fishing makes a couple boxes i know plano and other brands have them there that are that size they can go in there but there's also some plano bags that fit perfectly in there and that but the, when the boxes are in there that that really can't be there that that uh stainless steel security bar otherwise it kind of you know doesn't quite fit you know mm-hmm. but i want to take it out anyway and when i'm I, so i'm gonna have two this is kind of like i i'm lucky right i get a cheat i get to have two two showies <laughs> one it's stripped down and for a river and creek right and one that is electronics focused so mm-hmm. my garmin my motor guide power pole which you name it it's just gonna have it all and then so my thinking and i still haven't even like done this but i know someone's going to do it very soon there's two things you can do one i know scott butcher had the one of the best ideas the iphone holder there which is for live streaming and selfies mm-hmm. set mm-hmm. it up it's set up perfectly to face you that that uh little recess there is the perfect recess for a mighty mount to go if you want to put a mighty mount from yak attack there and then use their like vertically uh, yeah exactly okay. on that wall and use their uh their their universal fish finder mount mm-hmm but you could also, what's crazy is that right where that scupper is, you see that uh, that scupper hole there, mm-hmm. and that that groove that lets water flow down. That's also for your wiring to go down for your to your scupper transducer. You actually on that that landing there on either side, you can build a bridge in a sense by putting that was made 
for a gear track, right? With the, for a gear track. Okay. So someone might want to use that, put a gear track there and then use the yak attack, you know, universal. Uh, I yeah. personally am going to find a way to, and maybe one objective or someone that yak gadget, somebody that's creative is going to make something. I just, I want my fish finder in there. I do want it to just to swivel a little bit to change my angle, but I want mm-hmm. it kind of in that cubby and I'm going to use those inserts somehow to secure it in there. You know what I mean? Like securely mm-hmm. tightly and then remove it. And I don't, and honestly, this is like so early on. I don't know exactly how I think Robert Weicker is going to figure it out more first before than anyone else, because he's like the man when it comes to electronics. But the other mm-hmm. thing to, to make note of that fish finder cubby, uh, it's hard to see, but he, on the sides there that come down at that angle, right? That, mm-hmm. that make the, and you can put your cursor there. Maybe we can even see um, your cursor. I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. So the sides that go down at an angle, each side of that, you know, right there. So on the top, go to the very top of that, and you'll notice there's a gap right there. Yep, there's mm-hmm. a gap there. And on the other side, that's also for a gear track to go across oh, the whole wow. thing and make a bridge. And what why is because a lot of people um, would want a gear track there because if you look just – on the other side of that, back towards the, the bow there, you see all those those grooves, all the rod staging grooves are right there. So we don't really have a good flat spot for a track. So what we did mm. is we made a, a landing where you can put one right there. Uh, so the boats, again, it's like there's a lot going on. It's crazy complex, but it's insanely simple. And that was the, the biggest compliment somebody gave James. They said, man, this boat is really cool, sleek, and it's just kind of like, simple and it wasn't an mm-hmm. insult to me because i'd recessed i've used the mold to recess and house a lot of these ideas and if the like for example if you don't use a fish finder at all you still want a cubby to like throw loose lures or you still want the iphone maybe you want the iphone holder to, to take your selfies or live stream or whatever maybe you want to put a tackle box there there's a million other uses for that cubby in the, that space there and that's how the whole boat is designed like the anchor wizard recess is a cup holder if you don't have an anchor wizard, if you do, guess what? You now have one cup holder on your kayak, not two. No big deal, right? It's like <laughs> if you have two, then you're fine with that. Plus, that's another spot you can throw weights and hooks and stuff. But the uh, the other thing about that, if you wanted to cut the – I'm like really getting in the weeds but about all my thinking on this. But if you want to cut the iPhone holder strap away mm-hmm. or unscrew it, I should say, or cut it, whatever, the groove, groove fishing makes those – big jig launch pads uh and there's one that's called the hard bait launch pad and it actually holds like you know like your spooks and jerk baits and whopper ploppers and things like that it's a hard bait launch pad Hmm. that that fits perfectly right in there and that was done for a reason too so you can have baits right up there that you you might feel might be handy during the day and there's the catchboard recess on either side is also a spot that fits those hard bait and Hmm. hard bait launch pad and the big jig launch pad and they're basically just you 3M, the 3M material comes off and you, you rip it off and you stick it wherever you want on your kayak and it, you know, can hold your single hook baits. The big jig launch pad is just for single hook baits. And uh, it looks almost like that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, like pill thing, right? You know, <laughs> pill container, like yeah. Pill container, but it's a little <laughs> bit, a little smaller. Yeah. Um, and, but anyway, the, the slots between the silicon put those single hooks there. And again, those are little secrets to the boat that, people don't know there's dual purposes kind of everything. And the cool thing about the catchboard recess where those go and this cubby recess is when you put something there, it's not sticking out. Like if you just stick it on the wall, that's exposed to your legs, it's recessed in that catchboard area. It's recessed into this cubby. You're not going to accidentally get a hook in you uh, when Mm -hmm. you put them in those little areas that are designed 
be recessed. So anyway, that's kind of that cubby. I love it. And, you know, if you're going bow to stern on this, if you want to talk, we could go back up and briefly, because we've already talked about the handle on the bow, talk about that hatch and the, uh, mm-hmm. the internal storage for the rods. Yeah, I I, have- that's what I was going to hit next. Oh, perfect. So, yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, so how – like the rod locker is genius. Like, Oh, yeah. I, I I don't know where to start. I mean, what? How did you guys come about that? You know, I'd always put rods internal in the hole mm-hmm. and other kayaks, and they the problem is they all they always got banged up. Mm-hmm. They made noise when I'm fishing, hitting. They were kind of bouncing in there. I know they're not. It's not good for the rods, and yeah. always having broken guides and eyelets and stuff. So I just was like, hey, I want to make a way where there's internal storage somehow built in, and then it just sort of hit me that. I think if our hatch is big enough, we talked about, you know, cutting it out or not. And we just kind of talked about if the front was a tank well, mm-hmm. then we could, the solo skiff that Crescent uh, makes as well, or used to make, it's kind of offline now. I'm not sure if it's going to come back up on or not, but mm. it has those rod tube flanges, right? And other boats too, too like Hobies and other ones. Mm-hmm. I mean, plenty of boats have them, but they just were sitting there one day. That's why I'm referencing that one. And it kind of just hit me. I was like, you know, I think if I think I talked to James, and I was like, how much room do we have from where are we need our because the real reason that 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 uh, cubby for the fish finder is that whole area. The real reason there's that much room there is always based on the foot tracks, the foot pegs. Right. You need to have mm-hmm. enough length. How long are our foot pegs? Right. So how far back are they going to go? And then from that point, once they stop, as far as the, you know, the the person with the longest feet go right. As soon as they stop and that gear, that foot track is no longer there that's kind of where our wall has to can begin. That's when we can begin our wall to get how big of a tank. Well, was I getting at? Can we have, and mm-hmm. is it going to be big enough to be able to, with a little bit of just slight pressure on your rod, you got to, you know, figure out how to do it. And I'll show that in my video. It's not hard. I'm actually going to put a rod sleeve, uh, rod glove on the rods. And then when you do that, your, your, uh, you know, guys don't catch at right. all on the way in or out. And it protects them even better. actually, my original mm-hmm. idea was I wanted rod gloves to be, um, cause right now it's just those rod flanges, those little ports, if you will, that the rods go in and that's just open inside to the hole, mm-hmm. which accomplishes my purpose because the rod butts in the, in the tank well, they're in those little U-shaped grooves and they don't, they don't slide around anywhere. The rods are, I imagine they're just loose floating in the, inside the hole. They're not even touching anything. Yeah. So they're not getting damaged. They're, they're good to go. But anyway, that was kind of the, uh, the thought process there on, on that, just how, how big could it be? And then, and then, Hey, if we're making this, this hatch watertight already for, you know, batteries, electronics to be safe for rivers, you know, want the hatch to be watertight, <laughs> then, um, you know, then why not just let people tell people they can cut it out? Uh, oh, I forget what I was going to say. I, I was going to say, I wanted the rod gloves to be actually somehow attached to those ports uh, where you stick the rods in and now oh, they're okay. just floating. They're floating. But the reason we didn't do it, couple reasons one it's uh just to me it's a hidden feature that you can't really show in any way there's nowhere to really yeah. show it and mm-hmm. it's not it's not that critical i mean the you guys can we can all do that ourselves it's pretty easy just to put a rod yeah. glove in in there and that's it so but i might find a way to secure mine it's actually secure mine in there plus the more things you do the more it adds up and the retail cost goes up and i want to make yeah. sure people can get in this boat first and then they can kind of customize it the way they want I'm guessing the reason why you guys didn't add a third one was because the shape of the hole from the cubby. Honestly, 
I don't really – I mean, it's just something we decided, like, let's just not overdo it. Maybe everyone doesn't want a third one, and the, the little trim line is there for a third one. Mm-hmm. And obviously the U-shaped groove is there for a third one. So you can get three. Okay. You have to buy that buy that from us. You can do three, no problem. It's just – it was honestly just like another thing. Like, oh, it's just the price is going to go up. They get the idea. The feature's cool. They get the idea. But since not everybody even may even want it or use it, just why – why put it? It would have been weird to have just one. You know what I'm saying? And then yeah. it'd have been weird. Um, and then if you do do three, then it's like, gosh, man, I didn't need like if someone doesn't use that space, you could take the price of times three. They just paid and then triple it to get up to retail cost. Yeah, because our cost and the dealer cost. And now you added a lot of price to the boat that not everyone's going to use. It's different where the extra foam in the seat, for example, is something everyone appreciates. Everyone's going to use it. No worries. Features like that, you know, they really move the needle and it's yep. it's worth it, you know, adding some extra costs into those. But for that one, we just want to get the point across and I got you. That's show cool. it with two. But yeah, add a third one, guys. I mean, I'm gonna add a third one. It's like I am too. a no brainer, dude. Might as well. There's <laughs> probably a yes. way to get more in there, quite frankly. There's probably a way to get other ones in there yeah. at different geometry. And don't be afraid, there's two levels of that tank well. So let's let's th- let's think about this right now. Let's say you don't have any rods in there at all, or you just have one. That lowest level is deep enough. I made it deep enough where your bigger batteries are even going to fit in there. So if you have a bow-mounted uh, motor or or stern-mounted, it doesn't matter because sometimes you have a stern-mounted motor, you might want a battery in the bow for for weight mm-hmm. purposes. So either way. Mm-hmm. It fits even the biggest batteries, but in my mind, I'm envisioning those little smaller like box thing like Dakota Lithium has or Lithium Pros uh, I'm sponsored by. They made a nice little small battery that's that's powerful enough now. It's bigger than that that typical one from Dakota that mm-hmm. we all know in that little box. It's bigger than that one, the one that Lithium Pros makes, but it's like powerful enough to run live scope and all that stuff for the entire day. No problem. Mm. Uh, but I made sure that all fits in there. And then the upper level is just like, hey, if you got some little small items that you don't want just laying loose in a kind of bigger space, that's kind of what the upper level's for. And if you want to cut the whole thing out and have internal access for camping gear, you can do it because the hatch is watertight. I mean, no problem. Go for it. And what I think is the sneakiest hack of all is God, this could be like a freaking three hour podcast. The sneakiest <laughs> of all is where you cut just the, the, the wall. So see where those U shaped grooves are there. Yeah. Cut all get right there, right below those U-shaped grooves, trim all that out all the way around into that deeper, you know, the deeper uh, level. Mm-hmm. Cut all that out, but make sure you go below the rod tubes, right? Your rod tube <laughs> flanges. And now that's all open and you have internal access for sleeping gear, like for tents and sleeping bags, stuff like that, that's dry cool. bags, and you still have your rod internal yeah. rod storage system working. Isn't that cool? That's Plus what, an upper upper yeah. level cubby for small items like a first aid kit in that upper level cubby that's a good idea. Which, yeah so that's my yeah. hack that i think is the coolest one you get all you get to have your cake and eat it too so and anyone out there who's i've seen like oh man negative i won't say negative no one's been negative on the boat everyone's very positive but they said man i wish man i love the kayak camp i sure wish that wasn't a tank well up there it's like no like every kayak that is made they take a saw and they dr- yeah. cut that out all i'm doing and all we did is give you that option now because a lot of people, I think more people probably want the tank well than, than it cut out completely. So well, if you cut it out completely, you just screwed over you know, like all the people that want yeah. the tank well. They can't yeah. ever get, they can't go back. It's like you've, you've made the decision for them. 
And I'm saying, no, you, the angler, get to make that decision. You want to cut uh, it out, you cool, go man. for it. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, Plus, that's... a lot of people may need the access for um, for securing different things uh, up, up like on the bow. If you're doing a quick release bracket or or something, you might want the access, which is fine. Yeah. You can even cut that little wall on the very front just to get a hand through. And, and think about this. You don't need to put a hatch there or a seal. You can cut whatever amount you want and just leave it. Leave it open and then close the hatch lid watertight you're good so anyway but yeah it's a cool feature it's one of my favorites for sure it almost made the list. yeah what yeah, were you gonna so say that the hatch a first that's all i was thinking it was like dude oh, i would just cut the bottom out and then i got the best yeah. of both worlds so great thought second uh on that walkthrough video that you and james did you were talking about that hatch lid to where it's thermal molded correct Am I right in saying that? I'm not yes, a doctor. Exactly. No, yeah. All right. Yeah. Or yeah. sorry, not thermo. Sorry, rotomolded. Yeah. Rotomolded. Yeah. Thermo form is the one. Yeah. Thermoforms, said the word molded yeah. and it threw me off. But it is yeah. rotomolded. No. Yes. Yeah. So can you explain the difference? Because I know it goes a little bit in the walkthrough video, but can you explain the difference between like a typical roto or uh thermoformed and then the rotomolded that you guys did? What like, yeah, I can hundred percent. Um, but actually before I do that, I just had a thought that I, before we get off this other topic. What if you cut out the upper layer? Now you've got a barrier where items can't because there's a wall for that lower level. Now you got a barrier that your sleeping bag and your dry bags, whatever's in yeah. there, can't go back towards the middle. Plus, That's you true. got a, easier access to the front of that underneath the gear track, you know, the cam track handle system on the bow to rig stuff. It's a lot closer. So, and you still can keep your rod butt staging grooves there and your, your rod storage. Plus, have a sp your spot for a battery, the floor for your battery and all that. So maybe the upper level is the way to go. Sorry. You're gonna have like just, six sholies with all these different configurations yeah. just hacks. all laid out. There's a lot of a lot of hacks here. But anyway, now to your question. So the rotomolded hatch is the same way you've seen Hobie do it. It's the same color as the boat, it matches, it's the same material. You can uh you can do some cool different things with that. Um we emboss the word um what do we emboss on the front there? Crescent. So it's kind of just a kind of a new uh, a cool looking thing. You can get real fine details with embossing things and Mm -hmm. just stuff like that um but i just we just thought the look was cool usually when you you thermoform you're going to go to a contrasting color like all your bungees and your uh all your you know whatever components on the kayak a lot of them are black so a lot of times you'll see their thermoform black hatches and mm -hmm. i mean they can get pretty darn light you, you know i don't know this hatch might be a, a tad heavier than a thermoform part um uh, but not by much but I think that's where you're saving. You're saving a little bit on weight, maybe, and it's just different look, honestly. And but mm -hmm. you can get get a little bit more detail this way. And we thought the look was was pretty cool and unique and different too. So that, especially when we did the embossing, right? And the rod saver that's up there that kind of is to secure your rods when you're mm -hmm. either going down something hairy, or for me, it's basically when I'm securing them to. I just like we said earlier, those rods fit perfectly in those grooves when you put them the rod butts in the proper places right even in the u-shape of the, the seat the little u's put your rod butts in there there's grooves that match but anyway when all my rods are in there i just strap that rod saver right down and just throw it in the back of my truck and i go just like it you would do on a bass boat before they mm -hmm. run or even when they're driving on the, the highway it's the same rod saver company that makes the bass boat rod savers on the deck of a bass boat they strap it down anyway but not that you couldn't do that on thermoform hatch because you could have but to us it just made it all the components in the system's kind of a little bit more secure and being able to screw into and tap into where thermoform is a little bit weaker because it's lighter. You can't, mm -hmm. you can't really do as many systems like that quite as 
strongly, or you got to go to a thicker thermoform material, which is gaining the weight back. And then you can't do as much uh, detail and sharp, sharp edges and cool, just different stuff like that when it's, because yeah. it's thicker yeah. and thermoform is trying to like, you know, stretch a, a piece of a sheet of uh, whatever, th- however thickness it is. So in other words, if you couldn't thermoform that, you know, down, I mean, you could, it just, you need a thicker sheet that uh, the depth of that um, recess there for that, where the battery compartment is going to go. If you can imagine that's a, that's a tall, that's a lot of draw coming, stretching a piece of plastic. Mm-hmm. That's a flat sheet down. So anyway, but yeah, that's a good, good question about that front hatch. We got some web webbed hinges on the front. The only thing I, I think someone mentioned that if I could go back and figure it out, maybe we can, which we probably will, will be able to, but is I wish that hatch could, Move, open both ways yeah, open both ways or get a little bit further out of the way the rod that's what i was uh, yeah i was gonna say that next <laughs> yeah yeah it's a good it, it's a good point it's something that i that we knew but we got it laying back pretty darn out of the way rods you know once you know how to do it and you do it once it's not hard your rods go in there no yeah. problem but you know we'll we'll maybe work on that that could be an upgrade or something but i was actually thinking of uh taking those screws off the front hatch and putting a pad eye with a like yeah. a, a bungee doubled over and then put like a little hook on the, right. the front hatch so you can just open it pop both it off. ways. Yeah, exactly. Open it both ways and pop it off. So yeah, that's a good I, idea. I, I like that feature, but I, I know, I know some kayaks it. do. I do it. Other mm-hmm. kayaks don't, but. Yeah, that's a cool feature. And we, we just, we did it like that because we wanted the maximum compression for that watertight seal. Mm-hmm. And maybe, um, you know, I don't know the other way it'll, It'll probably still be just as good, I guess, uh, if you do it right. But we're going to look into that one for sure. It's a it's minor, but I think it's worth looking into for sure because I think it'll just add a little bit more versatility to the boat. So maybe down the road in 2023 or 2024 at some some point. But like you said, you can DIY it pretty easy. Yep. Yeah, that's but what once I'm you do it. Doing. I mean, yeah. I, I'll take pictures and show you too when, when yeah. I'm finished with Dude, it. Dude, please do. Yeah, that'll help. Just make sure if there's any patents, you put Brad's name on it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jeez. Get his royalty. <laughs> uh, so going back to the uh, Anchor Wizard, you you briefly touched on it. I've been trying to picture how the heck this thing works. I do not. I can't figure it out. Uh, I know there's right. a bracket coming. So how does it work? Yep. Let's see if we have a picture of it. Do we have one yet? We I'm may not have as, one yet. Scrolling as fast as I can. No, you're good. You're good. Uh, we may or may not have one. Apple computers. See, Jeez. I'll quit, Brad. <laughs> don't don't judge my computer. That's the Ooh. picture we should have gone to when we were that talking fish about fish finder that. looks like, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There. I love the way it looks. Looks so good. Oh, cool. yeah, looks oh, really I don't good. see uh and well, there's more. There's all, this website's amazing. Like Justin did such a good job on this thing. God, that's that video is my favorite part, giving money back to the Oh, the Sholey yeah, program. The yeah, we'll definitely. Yeah, we actually got to talk about that too. We will. Uh, all right. So that looks like that. We don't have a picture of it yet right. on there, but that's just as close as I can get. Okay. Well, they have a mounting plate that's going to go there. So I'll explain it. Um, it's a plate that they're going to sell. It's a separate skew anchor wizard that's specifically for the Sholey. And all it is is a plate that goes and covers that whole circle right there, but only places mm-hmm. it secures actually that you can that you'll secure it is right there where you were just touching that yeah with this little po- portion that sticks most inward in the kayak those two spots uh-huh. right there mm-hmm. and there and it's the concept of a, a single power pole versus a dual power pole if you just secured it with one yeah it might hold but it's going to spin and move it's going to like you know it can be a lot mm-hmm. of play with your your chain or your anchor hitting the bottom of the river or lake it's going to 
always be spinning. So you need two. So on those landings right there, it's going to secure down to right there with, uh, we're going to recommend uh, well nuts. So when you make it, you make a, a good size hole and then a well nut it goes in and what it does, it, it starts to pull up the bolt. It's so basically just like a piece of rubber and it, and it keeps cinching its way down tight. And that mm. rubber just bunches up so much. It creates a wash friction. So now it can't get out. Yeah. Yep. So a couple well nuts there and there may be another, another way, I believe, I'm not sure if they ended up putting it on there or not, but me personally, if I feel like the two well nuts are not, you know, they should hold just fine. Anchor wizard feels like they will. But if for some reason I feel, I feel like I might have a, so there's a side handle right there on the outside of the boat, that red or black, whatever it is, side handle. Mm -hmm. That's an insert right there. So it's on the other side of the anchor wizard. We can't see it in that photo. Mm -hmm. So what I'm going to do is put a, just a small little um, bracket for lack of a better term. Think of a fingernail file, right? And a little piece of metal. Mm -hmm. It's going to have a hole drilled into it. That's going to be the size of that insert. I'm going to screw it into my anchor wizard on the top and I'm going to paint it. So it all matches and looks nice. And it's just going to go over an L shape right to where that insert's going to be. I'm going to unscrew my handle, put that in there where it fits and screw it right back in. Gotcha. That way it's going to have an, just a third security point just because I want mm -hmm. like, I want it to be as secure as possible. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm not sure if they're going to um, put that as part of their kit. But anyway, that's how it's going to work. And the mounting plate, what that does is there's a lip on the bottom of the anchor wizard. It's like a round lip. And I probably have them laying around here, I'm sure, somewhere. But um, I don't see one. But anyway, that lip has to be cut off because if we were to make this, you know, this little area right there fit, the anchor wizard with exactly the size it is now you got to go all the way to outside of that whole lip and now you're talking mm -hmm. like a gigantic circle which pushes it way into your feet in this boat <laughs> it would push it way into your feet way into yeah. everything it wouldn't work so i had to call them and be like hey can you guys how hard would it be to just make a separate skew where you just trim off the the bottom and then i sent them they actually still have the first prototype of this boat anchor wizard does um i sent that to them to have them design a way to attach to, to the boat. And so, and it, they'll, they'll be posting it. I'm sure soon. And I'm sure with the calls they're getting like, like boondocks with la the landing gear and other brands that have integrated products, they're all of a sudden like, Oh crap, we got to get on this. Like we did, <laughs> like people are asking for this. This thing's obviously is, is, you know, selling and people like it. So they're calling, they want the, they want the components that go with it. But anyway, um, it'll be soon. But what happens is, so the plates on there and it just covers and it seals off that, um, cup holder if you will it stays there but then there's like a couple like pins or something that uh i've got one too it's a couple pins and it pushes down and pops into those pins and you kind of twist it and it secures to mm -hmm. that mounting plate so now it's like secure it's like one right but if you ever want to take your anchor wizard off you can un untwist it and pop it back out and it, it can come off now it can come off but you're only putting that anchor wizard onto another Sholey because it's it's one with a trimmed off rim. So, yeah, I mean it's cool that it can come out. I like that, that if you don't want it in your way or whatever, it can come out. But that's kind of their idea. The other reason why they wanted to, to do that, I think, is popping it off was a little bit for uh, a safety thing. If you ever wanted to pop it off, then you could. But I I don't really I don't know if I fully under ever wrap my head around that because. 
if it's popped off, it still has to be cut. The line's got to be cut. Yeah, I was to, about to say, that's what I was I mean, thinking. Worst case, if it's safety, you just cut right. the line. Like, cut don't worry line. about That's what I do, yeah. Yeah, don't worry about popping a, a swivel lock out because if right. you're freaking out and it's – I mean, because anchors, you can get stuck in weird positions, which can put yep. you in weird positions. Exactly. So, I mean, if I'm not going to think, all right, I'm going to grab it and swivel it and then cut it. I'm just going to take my knife or something, and I'm just going to cut the line and be like, well, there goes a $15 right. anchor, and then just go. No, you can reline them. They're, it's pretty cheap. Yeah. And there's like I'm talking so about the anchor. Anyway. Oh. oh. Yeah, yeah. You can't can't yeah. get the anchor back. No, I gotcha. <laughs> but, uh, but, you, but that is a good point about the anchor wizard. You should always have a knife on you, on your life mm-hmm. jacket, yeah, ready to roll, because, you know, or scissors or something handy right there, always. I mean. NRS pilot knife. That goes on the yeah, Chinook. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Perfect. That's cool. Yeah, it's a perfect little add-on, and people don't think about that stuff. So a little safety uh, Q&A. Yeah, everyone, definitely, if you're using an Anchor Wizard or any type of anchoring system, have a knife or something to cut through paracord, just in case. I need to do that. Because you never know. Don't ever yeah. know. And that's actually another reason just why the Anchor mm-hmm. Wizard, um, I think it's in a great spot. Um, it's it's reachable, just right there in front of you, no big deal. Some people I've seen them in the past to put them behind them, like just when they got the choice. And again, I just have to say this one more time. There's gear tracks all over the boat. There's places to put everything all over the boat. If you don't want something in a spot, no one's no one's twisting your arm to put an anchor wizard right there if you don't want it there. Yeah. So um, anyway, I've seen people just kind of forget that on the boat. That, but anyway, the uh, if, it, if you want it a little bit further behind you, that's okay. But the reason I like it where it is there is I can. I can see it and I get better leverage, you know, with it. Right. And mm-hmm. the, so the line is what you just said, Matt, the line, there's some space between the anchor wizard and the line going backwards where I can cut that thing if I need to, if it's, if you yeah. have it behind you, there's like no way to cut that line. It's like really difficult to get back there and like try to cut that line. But I like having that little bit of line right there. So plus it, it worked out perfectly where it's, it's the right spot for cup holders too. So purpose yeah it's definitely that's one thing about the boat just from the beginning of the show talking about it this boat's very i mean one of the best words i can say is very ergonomic like everything is in a good spot like what you just mentioned with the anchor wizard i put an anchor wizard behind me i've got an anchor stuck and i like about broke my back trying to get back there to cut (laughs) the line and you know while i was i was facing backwards once i this big tension right when i cut it the boat was like let's go and i had to spin back around real quick before i like went face first into a log jam and died <laughs> yeah. so yeah. like like this the boat is super ergonomic and it's it all goes back to what you already said if in, if they notice it, that we did so much work on the little things all this big stuff had so much thought process and you're explaining like everything you're explaining it's it's got bigger and bigger like the tank well we went from yeah we put a hook sharker sharpener and a line cutter to yeah this tank well can be forty seven thousand different configurations whatever you want it to be <laughs> yeah like you know it's it's the the time and effort in this boat like you can definitely tell it was put in i just can tell by actually talking this out with someone for the first time and we're at like an hour and 13 minutes already and i'm i'm good to go as long as you guys want to go so i'm not bringing that up for any other reason to say that i am realizing yeah. now that i've got a pretty sick mind like and all this stuff like i'm talking about it there's like so many i have thought this so i'm just obsessed like i have a sick obsessive mind with like oh wait someone's not gonna want that but they're gonna want this and this you know what i mean like and i thought well i'm gonna solve that by making this a cup holder for them and also you know what i mean yeah it's just we, it's it's insane we uh appreciate your sick and twisted mind 
Yes, don't worry. <laughs> well, we're all in the we're all in the same horse and wagon camp. Don't worry. I will. Uh, I'll tell my, my my wife that when she doesn't appreciate my sick and twisted mind all the time, having to live with me. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry, but, uh, mine will mine will be in the same camp too. They'll share. They're they'll be in their camp because it's the same way. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. It's what makes us us too. You know what I mean? It's what makes yeah. us different and unique. So, you yeah. So the bad. Uh, I guess we can go through the back half of the boat pretty quick because I mean the you know like there there's some big features in there but there's also you know like little tiny features if we want to hit that real quick starting with the seat and the under under storage under storage tackle let's see if we yeah man the seats uh high low seat from crescent's pretty cool um and first one have crescent, that first right? one for crescent yep and then the under store uh under seat storage is you know pretty self-explanatory like you said there's a couple um what we're calling Plano stops. I guess that became the term mm-hmm. <laughs> that uh, keep your boxes from sliding. They fit perfectly right underneath the seat. And you can, someone p- posted a photo. You can actually turn them the right. opposite direction and the, and then two of them fit side by side. I don't know who posted this photo. Somebody did. Yeah. I saw so that. I don't, yeah. It's like, so if you imagine 3,700 box for Plano, it's not going parallel with the kayak underneath your seat. Like you would imagine it goes and how mm-hmm. I put them underneath there. They turn them, you know, perpendicular with with the boat and then there's two of them that can fit right there actually and i jokingly replied to them and said look i love to take credit for it but that's actually was not even designed so that's just kind of cool bonus (laughs) that i I, I didn't think about that um and that's cool that they did because now you're thinking okay well if two can turn that way and they're 3700 sizes and you got two sides of the kayak right underneath your right and your Mm -hmm. left so that's already four Mm -hmm. now stack them too high eight yep Eight boxes. Yeah, no mean, need for a crate and the added weight. That's a lot yeah, of I was yeah. About to say no, no need for a crate added weight. Or if you're someone like me, now you can take another More. six yeah. boxes <laughs> with you. So exactly, man, exactly. That's that's all you need, Matt. That's right. I know. Give me another reason <laughs> to have more stuff. Right. And then the bungee on the side too, Matt. Uh, they hold they hold the boxes as well, so they I can saw. stand up. Yep. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. If the, I don't know if you have a picture of that on there. I think we would. Be using uh, let's that. see. But I thought I saw it. Well, you look yep, for right it, there. And yeah. Oh gosh, it can hold two. I didn't even realize it. Yeah. Two. So now <laughs> oh, that's it's even cool. more. I mean, so we're getting into like bass boat territory with the yeah. amount of tackle you can bring. <laughs> it's a lot, and of course, it can get secured down. Now, here's a hack I'll tell you about. I don't know if anyone's going to do it, but you could put a J hook on those in the center channel where those Plano stops are. Mm-hmm. You could put a J hook there and that bungee right there would reach over to it and actually secure your um, boxes under the seat. It would secure those down. So if you are going through rapids or anywhere you think you're going to flip, even though they're all loose in there, because the only problem with having them loose is if you do flip, they're probably going to get to find their way out. It's, you know, but if you yeah. put a J hook or two J hooks to really secure it, that same bungee right there, because it's all a big loop, you can boom, just, just toss them down. It might be a little bit tricky to kind of reach under there to hook it. I don't think it's going to be that hard. And the only time you're doing it is when you, you know, serious potential for something good is there, you know, so yeah. it's not very often, but that's a hack. Someone's probably going to do as well. Okay. But that's yeah, under someone's seat. name yeah. is Drew Gregory. Yeah, that's, that's who's gonna do it. Could be. <laughs> I don't know, man. I could just could just go confidently that I'm not gonna flip and just say, you know what, I'm just going. Yeah, yeah. could be. I mean, confident I'm not, but that's that's when you flip. Actually, when I was I was literally confident. getting ready to say, as someone who has as much like way more experience than I do on the water, you know, the second you say that, 
that's yeah, the time exactly. that you're gonna flip. It's the time. <laughs> like well, Brad last year. <laughs> yep. Then then I guess a black pack for me secured down with the bungees with the bungee with the cam straps, not the bungees. Yeah. In so the back could, could be the way to go. But um but yeah, that's the uh, uh under seat, I guess. Uh, and the seat itself, we had thicker foam, just that's a new and different seat. It looks the same as the crescent seat, but it's got uh, a much thicker foam for your for your butt there, and so that's the seat. Um, and by the way, the, speaking of foam, there's this whole, you know, there's a pad kit on the entire boat that comes standard, so it's soft and comfortable, and of course, the catchboard recess area, we've got the, the pad kit that's got the inches on it, so you can it's silent, it's meant to silence your catchboard in that area, but also has the inches on there in case you, you know, you don't have a catchboard with you or you're not in a mm-hmm. tournament. You don't need to bring something extra. You're just fun fishing. It's mm-hmm. good enough to show you the size of your fish. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> so yeah. you're saying Hobie Bass Open won't accept that for a ruler? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't <laughs> think that's going to fly. I don't think so. And you can't flex that one, though. Oh. That's true. You can't. But you also can't push. It's also not accurate. I don't think uh, if you push oh, the nose sure. of the fish up to the actual side of the wall of the kayak. Because I then it's already like an inch over that that measuring board starts about an inch off maybe or not quite that much but gotcha that's cool so you'd be losing yeah. an inch so it's actually you would, would be losing you. an inch it would, so, hurt. it would hurt you I mean yeah that's that's a negative let's <laughs> so all right yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, moving move on back to these rod holders. Go ahead, Matt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just real quick for people uh, earlier in the show, when we were talking about that front cam strap, this is that. It's on the screen. Watch yeah. YouTube because it's there. Um, awesome. I mean, fantastic way it was designed. So definitely. Wade fishing. Yes, yeah, exactly. Great for that. What I think you should do is put a uh, – I burned a hole in the very end of my strap, and that, that way I've got a, a carabiner because – if you make it a loop and you put it around you when you're waiting, it's just going to fall. You know what I mean? When your boat gets mm-hmm. a little bit of slack, the whole, the whole thing's just going to fall. And I don't want to tie anything to me where it's like, I have to untie it. Cause then it just keeps getting cinched down tighter. So what you can do is put a loop in the very end of your cam strap, get a carabiner and you can do now that you have a loop at the end of your cam strap, you can do two things. You can go around your waist completely and maybe go through like one belt loop or something. If you have a belt loop, Mm-hmm. and uh go back to that that little that hole that you burn in it or you can just go leave the entire length of you know take the strap all the way to seven foot you know and then just uh have that entire length and just clip it to a belt loop or a life jacket or whatever Heck so yeah. that's that's what i did to mine and then it still goes through the the cam buckle and all that just you know you just burned a hole in it Heck yeah so yeah, yeah. Uh, matt you want to go back to the uh very back well it's right there Gotcha. Right. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yep. It. There's the, the mini cam, uh, three-quarter inch cam straps. Yeah, I'm glad yep. you guys did that because that's something I always thought about doing with like 12-inch cam straps and like eyelets, but I just never mm-hmm. got around to doing it. And I thought it was funny that you the, you mentioned the dynamic between you and James going back and forth on that. Yep. I just thought that was funny. That's true. He was not sold on this idea. Um, and I thought it was awesome because for the securing purposes – Mm-hmm. And that it married the cam strap on the bow, like a, just a whole new system. You know what I mean? Cam track system. And anyway, um, yeah, that's. I just had to source some some mini ones, some three quarter inch ones, and found a good source. Again, USA made uh, in, over there in uh, Oregon, and they're really cool. I mean, they. It's like for the items you're putting back there, black packs. And I actually have a picture that um, 
you know, uh, man, I could pull up and show you on the screen here, but I don't know where it is. Maybe I'll find it, but it's uh, the thinnest Plano <laughs> box, right? Mm -hmm. Down on the floor of that tank well, it's secured down to the floor and it's not moving at all. And you're like, well, how can that happen? Well, we hmm. didn't just think about, you know, putting cam straps there to make it secure. We thought about two points as low as possible. So the one that's for the back of the seat, right? And then another one that's right there by that round hatch on mm -hmm. either end there in that center channel of, you know, where the scupper channel is. We wanted, I wanted the most downward compression possible. And you can't right now, even with, with, with the cam straps, if you don't have that downward compression and even with bungee, you just, if an item is not at least the height of the depth of the tank, well, it's not touching the bungee. It's just loose, <coughs> yeah. hanging in there, hanging out. Yeah. But having that, the, the downforce and those, you know, two security bars that I'm talking about, it allows you to secure down whatever in the world you want all the way to the floor and not hmm. not even to the sidewalls, which is how they're kind of like you see the picture there, how they come. But what's cool is you get two of them with your kayak and you can buy more uh, at crescentkayaks.com. You can buy more. I actually like having four for your black pack. It's really cool. You can go to every corner because they have a vertical tie down, you know, where your yep. uh, strap can go through. I like them on every corner, just crank down tight and they're not that expensive. So you can definitely go buy a couple extras and um but yeah i love it man it's such a cool system but the thing was with james you know he he believed in it and then he had to figure wrap his head around well how are we going to make it look clean and neat in there and we have these little rubber bands i think that take the excess because once you pull the you know the cam strap through you got this excess laying there it just doesn't look mm -hmm. as neat and clean as uh you know as bungee probably looks just from the outside looking in and again that's the struggle is where how do you take you know james had to take my ideas and concepts and some of them are crazy and they're more about the function for me. I just want to want this thing. I don't care if I'm what something looks like. I just want it to be the most, you know, fishable as possible. And, um, but that's just not the reality. Not everyone's like me. They look at something and want it to look, look pretty. And that's what he had to kind of figure out. And it, I think it looked good, the configuration. So I sent them, this is a, a, a pretty funny. When I was messing around with this idea, when I had the prototype, I got lots of these cam straps to test. And I took and I took a one that was, you know, I don't know how long it was, five or six feet, maybe longer, seven. And there's all kinds of different locations you can weave it underneath the gear track back there, not to mention mm -hmm. the security bars uh, and the floor, the other two security bars on the side. There's a lot. And I probably and I sent them I took a picture of it in a I don't know what it was like 30 or 40 different combinations of ways to weave it to the floor, to all that stuff, just how many ways it could work in there. And then I, I obviously didn't want to send, you know, the, the team a picture of, you know, 30 different separate pictures. So all I did was take on the iPhone where it shows your library and you see yeah. all those mini pictures, the thumbnails. Yeah. I just sent them a screenshot of like two of those. It was like infinite combinations, man. Like you can yeah. strap down anything you want yeah. of any size. Never again will anyone complain or, or a river angler lose something as long as they're utilizing this feature. So, yeah, I dig that. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm glad you guys. Oh, yeah, that's that's such a good idea. Yeah. Um, cool. So I think I guess the last thing we have left is the hatch and then like the mount for the motors. And this is what I like. You got the rear access hatch. It's really easy to reach in there and bolt on a motor. Um, are you are you do you recommend like backing uh, underneath? Yeah, the one one reason why we didn't use inserts for the uh, power pole geometry there, which has kind of become standard. The torpedo mounts and things like that 
is because well two reasons one shrinkage uh on these kayaks is just varies i mean they all Mm -hmm. shrink at different rates the last thing you want is a brand new kayak and your mount doesn't fit yeah that's one two um is it's i mean it's going to be a little bit easier now which kind of i guess coincides with one but now it's just easier you get to line it up exactly where you want it and and just drill the hole through there but i feel like the main part of two is it's a better connection because um a washer and a bolt underneath their pos- even backing plates like you're saying mm-hmm. are going to always be stronger than an insert which when you bump that thing hard inserts can rip out of kayaks when they're yep. hit really hard um and we're actually finding that uh some other manufacturers for sure have seen that, like some inserts in the wrong places are causing warranty issues and problems mm. so you don't that's the last thing you want anyway especially when you're going to give access to the consumer with the rear hatch, it's so easy to put that stuff in there. So mm-hmm. once we did that, it was it was pretty easy to make that decision to not put inserts there. Yeah. And, and the cool that. thing is with the power pole up like that, with the way we did it, you can run a drag chain and a power pole mm. simultaneously. Yeah. That's, that I've, was never, cool. I've never ran a drag chain. I need to try that out now that I have mm. that little channel now. I love it, man. It's, it's just... If the fish are in those eddies and your water's high and swift like yours is now, and when you get on the water, it's going to be moving, I'm sure, mm-hmm. as it's coming down, they're going to be in the, the same spots you want to eddy out in to, to stop to fish. So this is going to hold you in the swifter water. Again, I will. the caveat on that is do, don't ever drop a drag chain somewhere that's so swift that yeah. you can't paddle backwards upstream. Because mm-hmm. if you do that, there's a chance if it catches, you can't go back. You're stuck, and then you really need that knife on your life jacket. Yep. So don't do that. But either way, if it's but it, I mean, if you know that your river bottom pretty well and it's you know sandy and gravelly, which a lot of the, the rivers around you probably are, Brad. Indeed. Um, yeah. Then <laughs> you're gonna yeah you're gonna want to drop that sucker and kind of be going slower to mm-hmm. give yourself enough cast in those calm spots. Now the cool thing is you want to drop it. I mean, you can kind of pick the length that you want to drop it at, but I like to get it where it's kind of holding me. But if I just take my paddle and make a couple of strokes, it frees and it just kind of keeps just yeah. ticking the bottom and moving me. So now I'm just moving at a nice slow pace. And at some point as I'm kind of casting, working my way down with it down and paddling with it down, making just breaking it free every once in a while. And then it kind of moves me. Um, if it stops me completely and I've made too enough cast in that area, again, I just pick up the paddle, make a couple of hard strokes, free myself. And then, yep. and I'm able to really hit that stuff fully instead of just blowing by it all yeah yeah but yeah but it's cool that, that they can be used in conjunction because the, the power pole it's not as much of a river tool i mean it can be but the anchor yeah. wizard really is but if you want to use them both you, you know you certainly can because um you know we got the height there where the, the chain will go underneath it gotcha yeah that's that's i mean it's awesome to you know and I, I need to do that too. I've been thinking the second I watched the video and you guys started talking about the drag chain, I was like, I need to just play with the drag chain and yep. see. Yeah, because yep. it's cool. Me too. I mean, it, and it's nice that you had the feature built in to where you could use a power pole, you could use the drag chain. I mean, it's the other thing about the drag chain too is, and the reason why I have it positioned where I do, uh, again, for safety to be able to cut the line, but also what you do is when you get hung up. The first thing you do, um, yeah, you can try paddling, but what I'd like doing first sometimes is just taking my hand, that line, just pulling a little bit and freeing it from that obstruction. Just see now how hung am I, you know what I mean? Before yeah. I mm-hmm. paddle my whole kayak and jam it further into something like, is it just going to pop free? So 
that's kind of why that is the way it is. But uh, in those little bump outs you see um, right there uh, above the, the S on Sholey, on that top left photo, uh, that's going to be for your Torquedo, your Newport, your whatever stern motor you know you want or if somebody want to put a rudder on this somehow that that'd be where those lines would come out nice so we had with that yeah it's had awesome. that thought of as well oh that's the one thing i forgot to mention about running a motor where are you running the lines to the foot pegs uh you're gonna run where the catchboard recess is right there you're gonna run them mm-hmm. through that wall that okay you see what i'm saying mm-hmm. that you just go straight into that wall um right there yep and the other yeah i guess it'd be the other wall or one of those walls yeah the the yeah, one the closest one. to the seat yeah the other yeah, one closer to the seat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that side because your tube, yeah, your your wire would go straight in there. So yeah, that's where you run those. You kind of pick the, the kind of where you want it, but anywhere on that wall, and it's kind of nice and protected out of the way there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sweet for sure. I'm but, pumped, man. I I really want to put the new port on it and check it out. It's gonna be fun. Oh, that'd be so cool with yeah. the new port for sure. Oh uh, yeah. man, that's. Oh man, we didn't even mention those. Uh, the rotor grip paddle holders oh, yeah. and, the, and they, uh, oh, and how, yeah, <laughs> how they move out to the side, like right up in front of the anchor wizard thing. Uh, and we didn't even talk about the, the padlock paddle holders, uh, that go, we should show those too, that go, uh, keep your rods back at a low angle. We'll or do the those boondocks. Real quick and, or, or the, the boondocks. boondocks landing gear. Yeah, actually. Yeah. The boondocks landing gear is cool because it's just a recess. If you go to the tank, well, you might see where that U shape recess is, but basically it's so your landing gear is just flush in there and one of the coolest hacks i saw from scott butcher today we just found this out today yeah maybe maybe it's not showing up there but what i found out from him today is that u-shape i had dual purposes one Mm -hmm. it's also to um it's for a when you strap down your kayak in the truck or your trailer it's it's at a good perfect spot where your straps are going to fit in that u and they hold right there you know what i mean Mm -hmm. the other thing is it's obviously for the landing gear first and foremost, if you want to use it, if not, it's just whatever it's geometry there. It's a U shape. It doesn't hurt you. But if you do, this is a big topic of discussion online. If you do want a black pack in your tank, well, and you do want the landing gear, you, there's a few things you can do. You can make a choice. One, you could just say, I'm never going to use a black pack. Cause once you put the landing gear there, that, that axle goes across and you could now, mm-hmm. you have a little bit of room in, in front of it and a little bit behind it. The little bit of room you have now, it actually creates another wall. So you could stack Plano's vertically. You could put your some bags there, like like Plano bags or something with soft plastics, and they're going to hold right mm-hmm. there. You could put stuff on the other side, further to the stern <laughs> of the whole thing. But it's your kind of your choice. But you also could just simply put your black pack on top of, you know, and use that gear track that's on the groovy landing gear. It's a gear track to secure it um, easily to – just it's going to raise it about what four inches, whatever the depth of that tank well is. Yeah. So you can still have it there, just raise it a little bit. And I know it's not going to raise the center of gravity on this for this stability on this boat, uh, you know, which you've been in it, Brad. So you can attest to. I think most mm-hmm. of the big response I've seen from people is how stable this thing is. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the first guys that, that you know tested it was six foot eight, and he was like, "Man, I'm super stable in this thing, big dude." So. It's not going to matter if it, your black packs up a little bit. So that's that's one thing. The other thing you could do is those uh, there's a, I think they secure actually with the T bolts. The way they're done anyway, you can pull the axle out of the the landing gear pretty easy. So you could mm-hmm. remove that system and just not use it. Mm-hmm. I mean, for that trip, if then it's a trip you need it, you put it back on. So it's kind of still up to you. It's not like it's gonna you know 
there's no way around that that problem. You know what I mean? There's definitely lots of ways yeah. around it. But that's pretty cool, integrating that um, feature. And then the other one was, what were we, oh, they're talking Pad- about the um, – Paddle the holders? Little, the, yeah, the, the padlock paddle holders yeah, uh, is what they're the... called, their taco style. That's one of my favorite features. There they are right there. I mean, that that's the rod holster. I know I mentioned it. I mean, here's what's cool. I'm calling it the rod holster, but really I probably – I mean, I guess I had to say something, right? But it's really more of a net holster <laughs> for, mm-hmm. and it still could be for a paddle if you break your paddle down and you're, and let's say you're using, using a motor. motor. Yeah. So your paddle mm-hmm. can go there, break it down, put two pieces in. But here's the cool thing. Um, the compression of just the plastic. So forget the bungees even there. That's yep. what I want. I want the quick draw for a yep. paddle or the quick draw for a rod. Okay, if I miss a fish on a buzz bait, I want my Z-Man streaks, my soft plastic bait in the same spot on the, my left-hand side on my left hip every time. And as soon as I'm going to yank that buzz bait away, grab this rod, cast. There's no pulling it, turning around, pulling it up out of some complicated tube. Yeah. Whatever. I'm being facetious, facetious a little bit. It's not <laughs> that complicated. But when you're on a moving body of water or in waves and chop and you got to, you're in a kike, you got to turn your whole body around and you're 40 something years old like I am, or you're 55 or 65 or 25. It's not that easy, dude. It's not. Oh, this yeah. right here is a piece of cake. It just pops out with the compression uh, really nicely. So, but there's bungee there. If you need to secure it, secure it as well. But the coolest part is it lays it back at an insanely low angle. I mean, it's barely angled up at all, but you wanted to angle up a little bit, but it's angled. Yeah. It's it's laid back at a really nice low angle backwards. So you're not going to ever catch limbs and branches or for your late guys, your dock cables, things like that. You're going underneath dock walkways, trees close to the bank. Mm-hmm. It's keeping everything down and low. And then the last one we haven't touched on. Um, but anyway, well, well, before I finish that, yeah, net, the net was probably my favorite part of that is pulling the net out quickly. Cause I'm not much of a net guy, but I'm kind of, yeah. I kind of realize there's times where it's probably smart to use one. And I honestly have re- been reluctant to use them. Cause every time I turn around and fumble and try to like, you know, look away from fighting the fish, which I feel like is almost more important. I feel like I lose, lose fish the fish trying to get the <laughs> net out and then netting the fish. I still, <laughs> I, I literally I, yeah, I literally like, just did that on a Wednesday. I, really? I had the net behind me and I had pressure on the fish with a Ned rig and it was a BFS setup. So I obviously you have to keep pressure the whole time because it's a light yeah. casting rod. I right. turned around to get the net and I just my mind just like, hey, there's nothing to there's no fish there. And I just looked back and my rod just whoop, and the fish was <laughs> yeah. gone. And ever since then, like my net the rest of that day was like pinched between my knees as i kept fishing that spot just so it was right there mm-hmm. so i could grab yeah. it so yeah that's that's awesome well unless you're fluke master and have that uh i call him the net ninja man because he just yeah, has that dude. whole motion yeah. down <laughs> he does yep he does for sure but this one is just drop your hand by your hip and grab i mean and pull it up that's it i mean you gotta have it. the right i got the ego net and um it fits in there nicely with the compression perfectly mm-hmm. i mean perfectly so other nets, you know, may or may not, I don't know. I haven't tested all of them, but, but yeah. So the last feature was that the roto grip paddle holder on the, um, in the middle there. Yeah. Let's see. Uh, there's one picture of it down here. It's not really a picture of it. It's kind of the, yeah. Like an overhead picture. Where was it at? I'm surprised Maybe. we don't have a picture of that. I mean, you see, I just saw yeah. it. You just passed it. Did I? Yeah. I, I like it though, because oh, yeah, it's right there. there. There's still room to stand up right there and still have room to, Take a picture yeah. of your fish on the catch board. 
That's true. Yep. So in that roto grip there, it comes with it. It's a Yak Attack roto grip paddle holder or whatever holder you want it to be against. The same thing, rod butt, paddle. Mm-hmm. But the coolest part about that is I wanted to design, again, if there's a recess in the side of the boat so that, I mean, when you run your hand across this boat, if you put a fish finder in the cubby and an anchor wizard where it's supposed to go and it's recessed where only the handle's sticking up and this roto grip's recessed and the landing gear, like everything is just, my boats, I just don't want them. And and I feel like it's not just me. I feel like this is the way to be more efficient and productive kayak fishing. This is the way you should be if you're going to be a river angler, especially mm-hmm. you should have things seamless and you don't want your kayak looking like that old board game mousetrap, right? Where just stuff's like freaking <laughs> yeah. everywhere. And I'm not knocking the guys that have setups like that, but I will have to just refer to, again, if you don't believe me, I mean, look at every bass boat out there, Bassmaster Elite Series, Major League Fishing. No one has a crate with rods sticking up vertical right behind them on their deck of their bass boat. Because they're yeah. trying to get the proper ergonomics uh, and to cast, which is a big, wide, looping motion for a baitcaster. And you can't do that with rods sticking up, right? Mm-hmm. So there's so many reasons. Like, they don't have that there. So if there's a way to not do that on a kayak, to be able to have those big casting motions to properly throw. I mean, look at KVD throwing a freaking 6XD or whatever, dude. That thing is – he's helicoptering that thing, and there's six five feet of line out. And it's yep. just – he can cast so much further that way. Anyway, I'm trying to – there's features on this boat. It can't really help you become – I can't tell you where to go find fish and where to cast and all that stuff. But I'm telling you, if you mm-hmm. pay attention to the hook sharpener and you use that, and because your hooks are – they're microscopically bent over when you get hung on rocks and logs and stuff. They get mm-hmm. bent over if you look if you sharpen your hooks because that's there. Or you retie a little bit more often because the, the line cutters is there. Or, you know, see what I'm saying? Like all these features, even the hole design and the stability, everything we've done on it, it's slowly, I think, helping you, you know, the rod laying, laying back real low. I mean, if the hole design isn't maneuverable and you hit a log and you flip over and you lose your stuff, there's no telling how many casts you've lost in that day, how much time. Again, yeah. if you're just fun fishing or tournament fishing, you've lost a lot of cast and a lot of money and gear. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we made that hole properly for maneuvering in rivers it's gonna it's gonna help you catch more fish. You don't understand that it might it might have because everything's a game of inches, you know, not just the fish, yep. but everything. You you could miss that log by an inch that would have caused you to flip over, getting caught underneath it and flipping over whatever strainer or something. So all of the features are kind of designed to be seamlessly integrated into the boat, and that's where that rotor grip is. And if you slide it out inward, you can now turn it parallel with the boat. And I've actually used my net there a lot lately thinking, man, this might even be a better spot for the net. I've used it with rods. I've used it for basically everything right there, my paddle. So it's just, it's just mm-hmm. insane that there's, I don't know, there's like not that much on this boat, but there is so much on it. To like, mm-hmm. It's just kind of weird um, dichotomy, but it's pretty cool having that there. And it's very right. silencing, that whole roto grip, you know, it's, which yeah. I love about it. Well, oh, yeah, cool, sure. cool, man. Uh, yeah. I know this has been a long episode, but this uh, kayak deserves it. So, Oh, uh, yeah. All thanks, day. Thanks, guys. Uh, is there something we missed or anything? Man, I can't. Other than people have said that there's, there's no skid plate. They wish they'd see a removable skid plate. The only thing I'll say about that is that we use the best plastic in the industry. Been mm-hmm. been tested, proven, like test studies on this stuff. And we, we molded the stern portion a little bit thicker right there. And what I'll say is that my, one of my first kayaks was an ocean kayak caper. It was super lightweight, 11 foot 
around 11 foot, a little over maybe. I used that thing for years and years and just drug it and beat it up rivers. And I finally did wear a hole in that, in that, in a part of the keel there, very, very mm-hmm. stern keel. But it took me a long dang time. And this thing was like 40 something pounds, maybe 50 something. It was, they're molded light and thin. They were made for open water, ocean, not rivers. So they're molded a lot lighter and thinner. And we've molded this thing thick. We've put extra plastic back there. I don't think anyone's, I don't think anyone's wearing through that thing probably ever, if not 20 or 30 years. I don't think anything's, and, and now we don't have inserts, which is something that has to be removed, replaced, and could potentially fail there as well. We've, again, we found mm-hmm. the inserts, especially, uh, you know, under the water inserts. That's a scary proposition, right? Yeah. So we don't want to have to put stuff in the boats if we don't have to. So we chose not to because I think based on technology, you know, from when I first started, you know, designing boats with um, Jackson, whatever that was, like 10 years ago, the technology's changed. The plastic's better. Rotomolding's better. You know, putting, getting a lot more plastic to hold in that spot is better. But finally, mm-hmm. even our education's better. You, you're never mm-hmm. supposed to drag your kayak yep. and let that, at that one point, just dig. Because A, it's very inefficient and it's hard to drag it. It's grinding into the ground or rocks. But B, and, and, you know, but anyway, that's that's the main thing. It's just harder. So if you if you use that strap properly, which with the length of that seven foot or, or just put it, make it a big loop and just walk, yeah. walk with that strap, just go like you're a, you know, offensive lineman doing drills and training camp, just <laughs> pulling the sleds, just pull the sleds. When it lays flat on the ground without a person in it, dude, they slide like, I mean, they slide like nothing. Yeah. Like nothing's yeah. there. Hardly at all. But if you're in it, you know, and it, or if you're pulling it up and you, you know, you lift it up and you're dragging from one point, digging into the ground. Yeah, that's tough. So don't yeah. do that. And that thing's going to last you a long time. So, yeah. Anyway, the, uh, the last thing we didn't touch on was the, the donations to the shoal bass. And the oh, yes. so yeah, that's I the main thing. If, if, you, if you open that front tank, well, you'll see the um, scientific name cataracte is embossed into that front tank. Well, that was sort of our love letter to the shoal bass. That's their scientific name. My, Mycropterus cataracte. You'll see a video here of Dr. Sammons. Who's been on my podcast quite a bit. Um, biologist from like Auburn university mm-hmm. has done a lot of work with me in the past on for shoal bass and worked with the state of Georgia. And that's Gordon right there on the right. You'll see in the cowboy hat and uh, Gordon Rogers, he's the head of the Flint river keeper. And that's who we're donating the money to mm-hmm. this year. And part of the proceeds of every Sholey kayak will go to the Flint river keeper this year. And we want to give them a that's big cool. check at the end of the year. And you know, we just started making these right now. We didn't have all winter to build up a stock. So it won't be as big of a check as I want to give them uh, maybe next year or, or whatever, but, but it's pretty cool to be able to give them some money and uh, for sure to go back to helping protect, you know, like it says, protect the places we paddle and fish and specifically this shoal bass, which we all call the Sholey. So yeah, pretty cool. So very cool, man. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, uh, Matt, you got anything else to add, dude? I don't, man. My mind is officially blown because I watched the walkthrough video and we went through like 18 things that weren't even on the walkthrough video. So like, A, one thing, I'm super pumped for your video to come out so everyone can see it and get an in-depth view of this kayak. Two, uh, thanks for coming on, man, and talking about it. And three, I love that, you know, the the Flint Riverkeeper project, you guys are giving back to that because I think a lot of times, especially for a lot of kayak fishermen who get in the tournament scene real heavy, they they kind of just focus on the tournament scene and they just focus on the the competition aspect, which is right. fine. But you have to remember at the end of the day, 
if we don't take care of the environment that we're fishing in to enjoy fishing competitively, there will be no fishing competitively because there will be no fishing because the environment's going to be gone. So I think that's an awesome, awesome thing you guys are doing. Right Very on. cool. I love it. Well, Man, yeah, Drew, it I was just going to say, I didn't know if you mentioned this too. It, that also kind of goes into the made in the USA thing, the standards and the character yep. of the people at Crescent. And that's, we have very high standards and on quality and, uh, you know, keeping and sourcing everything in the U S so, you know, right there in Carrollton, Georgia, 60, 60 miles away is where we shot this the whole promo video, the three minute one that you guys saw. So the fall line. Mm-hmm. And, um, so it just made a lot of sense to kind of like tie that in and hopefully set a trend in the industry with, in the outdoor industry, the fishing industry really mm-hmm. to, you know, in the kayaking world, I guess, giving back in some form or fashion. So hopefully that yeah. just starts this trend, I think, for more folks. Definitely. Love it. Well, man, it's been a pleasure. Uh, congratulations on the release. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, much success in the future. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, guys. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah. This is a lot of fun to be able to kind of like talk about it and just yeah. get into the details and you know, I'm I'm sick and my voice is about to go, but yeah. man, I would I would I could sit here and still go another you know several hours with you guys because it's just so much fun to not just about the boat, just talk fishing. We kind of cover the boat and you know ad nauseum yeah. here, but I think that's what people want for this podcast that are interested in the Sholey. What you want every bit of info you can, and somebody right now is at a gym or mowing a lawn or driving, uh, you know, cross country, and uh, this is exactly what they needed to hear. So hopefully that uh, if you didn't if you can't make a decision now based on all this, then you know. I don't think you'll ever be able to decide. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've given, we've helped give you all the tools to make the decision. Now just now go, go buy one. Go, make, go test yeah. one. Yeah. Go, go find yeah. a dealer. Yeah. No, all right, guys. Well, thanks again. Just go buy it. Yeah. Just yeah. <laughs> it's definitely getting some pretty good rave reviews. It's cool to see that, man. It's, it's pretty awesome. So awesome. it's a very all sentimental right, for me when I see that. So it's cool. Oh, I can imagine, man. Yeah. I can imagine. It's probably been a long road. It's been a long road, man. And this exhaustion and the throat and everything going is just, it's such, that's a good problem to have right now, but thank you guys so much. And can't wait (laughs) to get back on uh, again. One of these days to talk about another kayak sometime. All right, there we go. Look forward to it. (laughs) All right. All right, guys. uh, Thanks for tuning in. I know it's been long, but it's been a good one. So uh, we will see you guys next week. Later. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode here on Paddle and Finn. Be sure to drop a five-star rating, a thumbs up, or smash that subscribe button on any platform you're listening in on. Be sure to check us out on Waypoint TV, waypointtv.com. Make sure you sign up for the Fantasy Kayak Fishing League at paddleandfin.com forward slash fantasy. You could support this show through Patreon, patreon.com forward slash paddleandfin. Don't forget to check out the website, paddleandfin.com. Catch us on YouTube. If you got a question, comment, or want to see a future guest on the show, be sure to email us at paddleandfin at gmail.com. Shout out to our show supporters, Yak Gadget. You can check out all the fine kayak accessories at yakgadget.com. Pelican Professional. For all your cases, coolers, and lighting needs, go to pelican.com. Rocktown Adventures your midwest premier paddle sports destination go to rocktownadventures.com eastport marina the beautiful destination on dale hollow lake if you're looking for lodging kayaks kayak accessories or anything fishing related on the beautiful dale hollow lake go to eastport.info jig masters jigs 
When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com and fill your tackle boxes today.